Are you the parent of a rising kindergarten student? Are you looking for a way to ignite the limitless potential of your child? If your answer is yes, then your destination for success is Durham Public Schools. Our countdown to kindergarten is underway and enrollment is happening right now. Visit us online at dpsnc.net forward slash enrollment. That's dpsnc.net forward slash enrollment. The destination for your child's success is DPS and we're excited for them to begin their educational journey with us. We are DPS. Good evening and welcome to COVID-19 Preparedness, a community conversation brought to you by the by Durham Public Schools. My name is Chip Sutterth and I am the Chief Communications Officer for Durham Public Schools and we want to welcome you to this informal conversation about the start of the traditional school year that is coming up on Tuesday. We're going to be talking about the uh, we're going to be talking about the preparations that are already in place at our year-round and and especially high schools that have already been in session. What we've learned from them and what we are taking forward to the upcoming school school year for traditional calendar schools. Tuesday is going to be a big day. We're excited about it, but we're also very much aware of the responsibility ahead of us. We will have a this uh, this event is being live streamed at 6 p.m. on Sunday, August 22nd. We will have a second event at 7 p.m. Uh, that is going to be interpreted throughout in Spanish. So our Spanish speaking families will have that opportunity uh, at 7 p.m. And both of these are going to be recorded and saved for future viewing on YouTube and Facebook. We're very grateful that you all are here. You'll have the opportunity to drop your questions about the return to school and about the district's COVID-19 preparedness in the chat in you, on YouTube and Facebook Live. So that's where your questions can go. We are monitoring live and we will take those questions and uh, respond to them to the best of our ability in the about 30 minutes or so that we will have together uh, on, the, on this event. And as I said, the, the, the videos will be available uh, for future viewing. Your questions will also go to our, uh, any updates that we have that we don't already have on the DPS website. They will be available on the DPS website in the future. So they'll be available for future reference. I'd like to introduce uh, the people who are joining me on this call, if they would turn on their uh, video, uh, their, their cameras, so that they will be showing up on the screen for a moment. Our deputy superintendent is Dr. Nakia Hardy. She oversees the academic services D division of Durham Public Schools. Our chief operating officer is Dr. Julius Monk who is having a little bit of hotspot trouble right now, so he'll be with us shortly. One of the most important people in Durham Public Schools right now is our lead nurse, Nurse Tricia Howard, who has been at the forefront of our COVID-19 response. There's Dr. Monk. We're all very grateful for all of you for being here. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, Chief Operating Officer is an old title. Dr. Monk is Deputy Superintendent for Operations. I'm sorry, Dr. Monk, I was caught in the past there for a little bit. 
We're all grateful for all of you for being here tonight, and we're especially grateful for those of you who are logged in. Uh, I want to start with a quick opening statement uh, about the about the reopening of school, and then we will go to, go to your questions. And Dr. Hardy, Dr. Monk, and Nurse Howard will uh, field your questions uh, as we go. Uh, we're ex we're really excited to be returning to uh, to the classroom, but as I said, we're very much aware of the of the resp heavy responsibility. Um, public schools provide not only outstanding educational experiences, but also support systems that only strong strong public schools can provide. We're committed to reducing the spread of COVID nineteen and protecting our students and staff while re-engaging and supporting our students uh, through for a year of learning. So what does that look like uh, for the coming school year? I want to start with the most simple thing, uh, but, the most but the most important thing, and that is universal masking. Absent a, uh, uh, a documented medical need uh, where people can uh, submit a, uh, an accommodation request, every person in Durham Public Schools will be wearing a face covering, um, a, 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 a face covering while indoors. We've got plenty of them for people who need them. They can be removed during meals or when physically distanced outside. But other than that, um, masking will be important. Masking is the surest way to help, help prevent the spread of COVID-19 in, in communities that cannot be vaccinated yet. And that's the second piece. The vast majority of Durham Public Schools staff, teachers and staff, have received uh, COVID-19 vaccinations. We strongly encourage it of our 12 to 18-year-olds uh, as well. They're, they're just as eligible as well. Um, every adult and every 12 to 17-year-old who gets a, a COVID-19 vaccination helps in their own way to protect all of our students who are too young to receive the vaccination yet. If you have not received a vaccination yet, or if you know neighbors or other students who have not received them, encourage them. The Durham County Department of Public Health is offering vaccination clinics, and we are happy to work with them in the future to expand, op op uh, expand awareness of and opportunities for vaccine clinics as well. But masks and vaccination are the most important things that will help us in the fight against COVID and in, the, in maintaining our strong schools. The last thing that I want to mention is indoor air quality. And our operational services division has done an incredible job over this summer on a fast-paced, multidisciplinary indoor air quality improvement project this summer. They have changed more than 8,000 filters, installing MERV 13 filters, which are the highest level of filtration uh, recommended for, um, for indoor air quality in schools um, in the time of COVID. They've been cleaning more than 2,000 air handling coils. They've been assessing all of the major equipment. When we return to school on Tuesday, coil cleanings and filter replacements will have been completed at all schools and it's just a really incredible work that's been done that's going to have an indoor air quality benefit, not just in the name of preventing COVID-19, but in um, future air quality uh, past that. 
So those are just some of the things that we are doing to prepare for and to, to prepare for the opening of school and to reduce the risk of COVID-19. More information about our, these steps is available on the DPS website. You can find it on our front page, A to Z, DPS's COVID-19 Preventive Measures for 2021 and 2022. And one last reference before we get started with your questions and answers. Uh, you'll see uh, the first slide that you see on the front page is welcome back to the classroom on the, on the DPS at dpsnc.net. And those are all of the links to everything that you need, not just about our COVID-19 response, but everything from bell schedules to school locators to vaccination information to information about the PowerSchool Parent Portal. Everything that you need to start off a successful school year is right there, and we will continue to update that as we have more information. So with that, I am going to start looking at the questions that you have that you have submitted. And I am going to talk, I'm, I'm going to uh, look at some of the questions we've received in several uh, in several locations. So if you'll forgive me for just a second. There's one question, the first question that I want to take is, I'd like to see air purifiers in every classroom, outdoor lunch, surveillance testing, ensuring all students in the schools are vaccinated, symptom monitoring and reporting, and contract tracing. Can this come from federal dollars? I believe there was 148 million. So this is a pretty broad question, and I think that we can take that to uh, Drs. Monk and Hardy in, in, their, in their own turn, and I'd like to start with Dr. Monk. Um, there's a lot of interest in air purifiers, outdoor lunch, um, some of the physical things that can be done to uh, protect our students. Uh, what could you share about where we are right now with outdoor lunches and air purifiers and uh, the things that we are doing to uh, promote air quality and reduce the spread of the virus? Sure, thank you and, and good evening to everyone. Um, as Chip noted, as far as the air filtration and ventilation goes, we've been working on that all summer. Um, some of you may recall that we contracted with the firm back in, I think it was June, uh, for about $1.9 million to go through and not only do the assessment of our equipment to ensure uh, that it has the capability to uh, meet the recommended air exchange by uh, the CDC and ASHRAE, but also to uh, clean all of our coils as well as replace filters. Um, in addition, we have them look at um, the existing equipment to, as we move to phase two, for any type of reflect replacements or repairs that, uh, that we would need to do. Um, we are still following the same recommendation uh, that we did last year as it relates to air purifiers. Um, that's in line with both uh, the CDC recommendations as well as the strong uh, schools toolkit, which is to put air purifiers in areas that could not be mechanically uh, where you cannot address uh, air ventilation and uh, filtration mechanically using your existing HVAC system, as well as in our healthcare support areas for uh, students who uh, we know have symptoms of COVID and are just waiting for their parents to pick them up. 
um, and our exceptional children uh, rooms where uh, they may have accommodations for uh, not wearing masks. As it relates to outdoor uh, lunches, um, we are in the process of ordering uh, picnic tables and uh, tents uh, for use outdoors. Um, just want to remind everyone that these tents will likely be just uh, canopy to, to try to keep the, um, the sun off of the students while they're eating, but they won't be enclosed because if you enclose them, then you'll have the same situation as if you were uh, indoors. Uh, we're going to we are leaving maximum flexibility for our principals to um, rotate the use of um, the outdoor spaces with the indoor spaces, as well as eating in the classroom. Um, we've had um, so far, we've had, um, I believe it's eight schools that are in session now that have been that, you know, we're able to learn from and uh, the different uh, avenues that they're using for lunches. And um, we're, we're sure that they're sharing that with their colleagues as well. Uh, but that's where we stand at now as we uh, learn more and, and identify additional ways to, um, to to mitigate the transmission, we'll certainly be employing them. Um, and to answer the question as far as um, the use of the federal funds, we, we can use it for that. Um, as I stated, the, the mechanical contractor and the engineers that we're working with now um, were paid for using ESSER funds. The other piece of that question was actually better is actually better uh, directed to Nurse Howard than to Dr. Hardy, and that's the questions about how we're monitoring symptoms and reporting symptoms and contact tracing. Nurse Howard, could you talk a little bit about the meetings that we hold and the process that we go through to ensure that close contacts are identified and that uh, the spread is prevented? Thank you, Mr. Sutter. So first of all, I wanna say that we're all responsible for individual monitoring of symptoms, right? So staff, parents, everyone should be monitoring their symptoms daily. And if you're not well, you should not report to work and a parent should not report to send their sick child to school. If we get a case, um, so first let me start with symptom management. So if a child goes home sick, so the child came to school the child is symptomatic on campus, the parent is notified, the child is picked up, the parents have three options. You can get a negative test with and be asymptomatic within 24 hours to return, which is the quickest way to get that child back in school. You can go to your doctor's office, provide documentation that the symptom is related to something other than COVID and be symptom free for 24 hours to return. If a parent is unable to, to, to do either of those two options, that student then is assumed almost like we're assuming that they have COVID and they would be out for 10 days. Of course, that is not what we want. So we're encouraging our parents um, as much as possible that once you are called, one, if you make sure you have multiple contacts in power school so that if you're unavailable, we have family members who are then available as backup to pick a sick child up um, in, the, in the event that you're unavailable. And then the first thing is I would highly recommend um, parents to rule out COVID with that negative test so we can get those children back in school as soon as possible. 
Um, when we do have a positive, so let's say a child went out, two days later we found out that child is now positive. Um, there is a whole process of, of documentation that we, the, par the principal contacts that teacher, um, kind of walks through the process of with the seating chart, who was within six feet of that student. Um, and, you know, we look at whether that child was in after school, whether they rode the bus, if they're in a club, if they're in before after school or in athletics. And so we just want to make sure that our contact tracing is in depth. We want to capture all our staff members who may be at risk, including our bus drivers. We want to make sure that we're looking at um, all support staff who may have come in that room, worked with that student from ESL folks to EC folks counselors, um, just to make sure that our, our contact tracing really captures who all um, is involved with that child. Now, there are some cases with that contact tracing, you might identify one person, and then you notify that one person that they need to quarantine, or you might find multiple persons. Um, I get the question asked a lot, and I guess I could address it here, is what drives the decision to close a classroom or not? A lot of times we're looking at multiple factors, how many close contacts were in that room. And sometimes depending on you had multiple students identified, that may warrant a closure. Of course, we're trying not to close if we don't have to, but depending on how widespread that is within the classroom, the decision may be made to close, to close a classroom for safe measures. Um, we always err on the side of caution um, so when in doubt, and we try to always uh, make that decision as safest for that classroom and for that school. Also, part of that question was just in regards to regular testing of, of students and or staff. Durham Public Schools has committed to being part of the state testing program. And opting into that state testing program will provide us with the opportunity to provide testing um, frequent testing for staff and students. Our Durham Public Schools Community and Board of Education will hear more about this program and Durham Public Schools decision at our board meeting as well as at our upcoming September work session. Um, another one of the early questions that came in that I want to be sure to address, will personal protective equipment be just delivered to schools for this year like they were last year? Dr. Monk? Yes, and uh, many of the schools have already um, put in their orders for PPE if they um, had uh, had used theirs from last year. Uh, as a matter of fact, each school has a PPE administrator um, who is responsible for maintaining the inventory at that school. And we also keep PPE stopped at our warehouse so uh, they don't have to order it from uh, online, anything like that. They just put in the order with the warehouse and it's delivered the next day. Um, I've got a quick question for Nurse Howard, if you could just, and th this is an example of the sort of hypotheticals that we go through. Say we've got a vaccinated student, has no symptoms, had a has had a negative test result, but may have been exposed to someone who tested positive. What's the, what's the protocol for a student like that? Do they come to school? I know that this is a really specific example, but this helps illustrate the process that we go through in uh, protecting our students. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Sutter. So we are pushing to have as many of our students who are able to be vaccinated, vaccinated, right? Um, and I want to I want to champion that tonight. I'm asking as many parents of kids who are able to be vaccinated to go ahead and have our kids vaccinated. Now, if a student is in school, is a close contact to someone who tested positive, 
they're fully symptom they're fully vaccinated which i want to also highlight that fully vaccinated means two weeks post the second dose so that is i need to clarify that right so the child has to have had the last dose exactly two weeks um ago before the exposure to meet that definition of fully vaccinated if that fully vaccinated student is asymptomatic that student can complete a vaccination attestation for DPS, which just attests that they are fully vaccinated, show their card that says that they're two weeks post the second dose, making sure that they're asymptomatic, they would return, but they should also be tested day three to five after exposure. Dr. Hardy, uh, the question has been asked, given how different the metrics are now, is there any possibility that Ignite enrollment might be reopened? Just to recap, Ignite Online Academy is a new, separate school. It's got its own uh, school designation with the state and everything. That is our primary online learning option in Durham Public Schools for this coming year. Obviously, with the increase in Delta, there's been a little bit more interest in online options. So, uh, Dr. Hardy, could you speak to what we're doing and what virtual learning might look like for students who are required to quarantine? Of course. Let me start with the, um, the latter question in regards to if a youngster is required to quarantine, students will have access to instruction. Our teachers will be posting um, academic information and assignments on our LMS, which is Canvas. Um, students will um, be taking their devices back and forth um, to school and home so that they can have access. And when um, our teachers do have the opportunity, there will be synchronous opportunities as well um, for students to participate in. We want to make sure if a student has to quarantine that they still continue to have access to academic information and can keep up with their studies in all of their classes during that time. Unfortunately, we have closed the enrollment period for IGNITE. The enrollment period was due to close at the end of July. We extended it um, into August. And at this time, if there is a situation where you are requesting that, you can work with our Office of Student Assignment. However, our, um, all of our schools will be providing instruction um, if your student is quarantined um, so that you can access learning um, in a virtual manner. Our traditional schools will open up in a face-to-face -face format five days a week. And if you um, still are interested in another option, please don't hesitate to reach out to our Office of Student Assignment. Another question that has been coming up a fair bit, the Delta variant is twice as transmissible as Alpha, so it requires intensified mitigations compared with last semester. How have you intensified the protections? We are following the Strong Schools uh, Toolkit, which has uh, taken some of the options away from uh, public schools in North Carolina. Uh, for example, we are all on what used to be called Plan A now. However, I do want to point to the uh, intensive work that we've done uh, with the indoor air quality uh, improvements that I discussed at the top of this program. And we are absolutely mandating uh, masking at every level, regardless of vaccination status. In response to another recent comment, while the, um, while the vaccine is still effective in reducing the chance that you will get COVID-19 even under the Delta variant. We do know that asymptomatic transmission can happen. That is one of the reasons why we wholeheartedly embrace using universal masking to provide prote further protection for our uh, students and staff. 
Dr. Monk, Nurse Howard, anything you want to add to that before we move on to the next question? No, I, 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 I think you said it well. That was our um, the point and the intent of us hiring the uh, mechanical engineers and the, the contractors to work this summer so that we're not guessing at what measures we need to do at each school. Um, they're going to give us recommendations that, that we can go by uh, to make sure that we're providing the best air quality possible for our students and staff. And so um, I have two students of my own um, that, that live with me. They've been in school for about five weeks now. Um, and so I know how, how important it is to uh, the parents um, who are on this call. And I'm a staff member working in, in these facilities, so I know how important it is to our uh, staff members as well. Um, just want to reiterate that is the, the exact reason why uh, we have the professionals that we had working this summer so that we can make sure that every school building is unique. And we don't want to be guessing at what to do at each one of these facilities. We want to get the report and then um, execute the recommendations that they provide. Dr. Hardy, you spoke to this a little bit earlier, uh, but it probably bears repeating. We've been asked if testing is going to be offered weekly at every school, and if not, why not? Um, it's a little early yet um, to announce, but uh, could you reiterate the testing program? Absolutely. So Durham Public Schools has made the commitment to join the states um, to opt into the state's testing program. So this will provide us with the opportunity to test students and staff. Um, upcoming, so in the next couple of weeks, you'll be hearing um, at our board meetings as well as at our September work session um, how we will be implementing that particular testing. And there are definitely options. Um, I've seen some of the questions in the chat to ensure that we are um, completing surveillance testing in a manner that helps keep us informed about um, the status of students and staff. So please, more information will be coming and we will be participating in the testing program. Thank you, Dr. Hardy. Um, is there a maximum number of students and staff allowed in classrooms? Um, if Dr. Hardy and Dr. Monk could speak to the work that we've been doing on um, implementing the current version of the state's Strong school, Schools Toolkit and how we're doing that. So um, it, we're sticking with the minimum of three feet of uh, social distance in, in classrooms. And then um, we have a question about the distancing, contact tracing, and quarantine protocols on buses. Uh, Nurse Howard, could you speak to when we when we go through a contact tracing incident, if a student tests positive, how we work with transportation on that? When we have a positive case who's been on the bus, one of the things that we do is actually pull the cameras on the bus. And when we pull those cameras, it's the camera footage and also the seating charts. So we look at both those things to look at whether the bus driver is masked, if there's a monitor on the bus, if they were masked, if all children on the mask were um, on the children on the bus were fully masked, as well as seated, not moving around, just making sure that that protocols were followed. And that kind of gives some inclination as to the risk level on that bus. Thank you, Nurse Howard. There have been some human resources related questions from DPS employees regarding sick time and vaccinations and such, and you can contact human resources directly for greater clarification. A question has been asked uh, if we will uh, have a COVID vaccine mandate for eligible students, teachers, and staff once the FDA fully approves the vaccine in the coming days. Um, and I'd like to speak to that. Um, 
we're not ready to announce any mandates at this time. We're very encouraged by the ex excellent turnout of uh, DPS teachers and staff when vaccines were enabled back in uh, for our, our for K-12 employees in March and April. We certainly want more uh, vaccinations, especially in the age 12 to 17 uh, group. And we encourage you to work with whatever community organizations that you know of. I have participated in um, clinics myself. Uh, I have held, I've helped, I've helped thaw um, vials of Pfizer and Moderna vaccine in my hands. And it's like hold, it's, it's like literally holding life in your hands. It's deeply important that we continue that. Uh, but no, uh, no vaccine mandate announcements yet. Uh, the questioner uh, hit on one piece of that, which is that the vaccines are still only available uh, as with FDA emergency authorization. And we also have to pay attention with what happens at the state level. Uh, but we're strongly encouraging it. We're facilitating it. We're announcing clinics wherever they happen. And uh, that is absolutely the key to um, protecting more and more of our students and staff. Um, and I'm definitely seeing some recent chats saying we want DPS to mandate vaccines for adults. And we hear you. We hear you. Um, let's see. Looking for more questions. We are right at the we're right at the end of the time. So I'm looking for one or two uh, final questions before we can um, before we can break. Um, I, I do want to repeat that air that air handlers and filters have been updated uh, in the main um, in, in the main uh, facilities. Um, Dr. Monk, can you speak to trailers and uh, air quality maintenance in uh, the mobile units that are at some of our schools? That's correct. Uh, we have MERV thirteen in the mobile units as well. Will classrooms be able to keep windows open when weather allows, uh, if, there, if, if there are windows that can open as much as possible? Uh, I think that's another Dr. Monk question. So, um, yes and no. Um, the, the thing to remember about windows is, um, especially in the South, where there's other uh, pollutants that could cause COVID-like symptoms to occur with students who have allergies and things like that, not to mention um, humid air and, and humid air. Um, those are um, those are things that actually will be counterproductive to what we're trying to do. The best way to, to do it is to allow uh, the mechanical system to do its work. OK, and then the last two questions, if we could handle them quickly, because we do need to prepare for the Spanish language uh, session uh, that will be coming up at 7 p.m. live. Um, Please speak to lunch plans, especially for elementary kids who cannot be vaccinated. Um, Dr. Monk, you, I think you said before that there's not a real one-size-fits-all solution for our schools. So what are the different options that our uh, schools are looking into as they're trying to find ways to make lunch safer for all of our students and staff? So we do have some um, schools that have a portion of the students eating outside, uh, some in the cafeteria and some also in the um, in their classrooms. Between outdoor op options, classrooms, cafeteria spacing, 
different things different work, work different ways especially in different weather conditions but we are trying to find ways to give all of our students the elbow room that they need and then the last question that we have for now is uh, for you dr hardy band is a high risk activity why are unvaccinated sixth graders practicing band indoors why offer them a mask with an opening that makes the mask useless are we just pretending to put safety first N certain masks for band are not the only thing that we're doing to mitigate COVID-19 at the, in, in band. Uh, we've, we've had some uh, other things that are being done with instruments, if I recall correctly. We actually have um, special PPE for our instruments that has been picked up by all of our band directors so that they can use those if they are practicing indoors. Um, of course, when appropriate, we um, would encourage for our band students to have the opportunity to practice outdoors, but that is of course weather permitting. They do have the appropriate PPE um, that they can use for um, the wind instruments as well as our brass instruments um, and making sure that um, we are limiting the amount of time that they're practicing 25 to 30 minutes. And they're working very closely with our arts director, Mr. Jeremy Tucker. We also are making sure that um, our students in course are using um, um, PPE as well. So they're using masks um, while they are singing as well. We've received a lot more questions than we have time to handle at once. So we are going to take uh, take notes of the questions and try to provide an updated Q&A this week on the DPS website uh, with all of the major uh, with all of the major areas. The welcome back to the classroom page is a resource that we are about to put on screen www.dpsnc.net/back-to-school. That's where you'll see all of these updates. I also want to uh, point you to, if you'll Google Strong Schools NC Toolkit, you will see the state line, the state level guidance that is being provided to all public school systems in North Carolina about how we are expected to handle um, COVID-19 prevention. Um, we are not, uh, we are not, on our own with this. We are working with our local health department. We are working with the state. We're in constant communication. It's a lot, but our children, our teachers and staff are worth it. And while COVID-19 is going to be a challenge for our entire community uh, for the foreseeable future, we're going to do our part to support our students, our teachers, and our staff. Thanks for taking your time, your Sunday evening with us. This will be available on Facebook Live and YouTube uh, in perpetuity. We will speak to our Spanish-speaking families in about 40, 46 minutes or something like that, if I can do math properly, less than that. And then we will see all of our students and our traditional calendar schools bright and early on Tuesday. Thank you for your time and have a good evening.
Durham Public Schools is looking for teachers of all grade levels and subjects, custodians, bus drivers, school nutrition staff, and before and after school staff for the upcoming school year. Now, DPS offers competitive salaries and benefits, so make DPS your career destination and be the spark that makes the difference in the lives of our children. For more information, log on to dpsnc.net forward slash jobs or call 919-560-2000. That's 919-560-2000. We are DPS.